Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Holding Court podcast. So sad. It's my last episode as a teenager until I enter my 20s next week. (laughs) Today, we're going to welcome Alana Rizzo to the podcast, doing a little role reversal with our chance to interview her about her work on the Sportsnet LA team. Uh, You know, I admire her not only for her work as a sports broadcaster, but also for the way in which she's using her platform to make a difference. So we'll chat with her about how different her job looks this year due to COVID-19 and obviously the MLB health and safety protocols, Um, her inspiration behind her foundation, Gidry's Guardian, and the unique way she recently raised money for it. And we're also going to dive into how a career change led to her dream job right here in Los Angeles. All coming up right now on Holding Court. I am really excited to bring Alana on the podcast today because with everything going on with this funky, unique season and in the world. I know her career and also her foundation work uh, looks a little different right now. And I'm also excited to get her thoughts on women in sports in general recently, you know, with the story of Melanie Newman becoming the first female regular season play-by-play broadcaster. Um, I know it's just awesome to see other women making these huge strides in sports. Um, So I'm going to go grab Justin. He's getting ready to head to the field. Um, I know he's going to want to hop on here because, you know, obviously Alana always interviews him. So I'm sure he has a couple questions to throw at her today. So let's give Alana a call. Hi, Alana. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing good. Sitting here with Justin. Hi, Riz. Hi, guys. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for for coming on. Thanks for doing this with us. Of course. Are you kidding? I think I owe you a few interviews. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little weird. Like it's kind of role reversal here. So uh, we'll, we'll have some fun with it though. I know we had Chris Rose last week and that felt weird for you. You're like, finally, I'm on the other side and I get to kind of grill him. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> you actually, you were, were you with him on intentional talk? Do you have any dirt on Chris Rose? For us I was with him on intentional talk. Yes. I was with uh, Rose and Millar on intentional talk in 2000. 12 and 13. Yeah. So they're as crazy as you guys know. I mean, you know, Chris really well. So as crazy as they appear on television, um, they're equally as crazy in person, but good people, like really, really good dudes. And, um, they balance out each other really well. So it's it's a good combo. And I mean, what a life though, right? They get to do it from their home. I mean, Millar's in Texas, Chris is here in LA and they don't ever have to go anywhere. Yeah, and they didn't even have to pitch that. They it, the network came to them and said, "Hey, we'll let you do it from home, right?" Like yeah. it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is like pre-COVID, and they get to do it from home. I know. I know. We were saying their show was like built for the quarantine, which <laughs> I feel like your show is not built for the quarantine. <laughs> no, our show now is so. Um, it's a little. It's a little boring. I'm not gonna lie. I, you know, I never realized how much. I shouldn't say that. I, I knew how much the fans mattered, but how much it meant for us as well to have to feed off of the energy in the building with the fans. And I really felt like the game in San Diego that we just had that was back and forth and, and we ended up losing there in the ninth inning. I swear if the fans were there, I think it would have been different because we're so used to fans traveling so well, especially going down to San Diego. I mean, it's basically Dodger Stadium South that the energy is just so different and it's so flat without the fans and it's so bizarre 
when the players are on a road trip and I'm in suite 211 trying to do the game. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. I'm so used to traveling with them and this is the first year of my career I haven't traveled with them and it's just, it's odd. Yeah, I feel like there's been a couple games now. The the day game against the Giants, our first loss, uh, we were down by two going into the ninth, and Will Smith hits the, the homer off got to put us within one. And then, like you said, there's just not that, like, fan energy in the stadium that's like, oh, no, and it, it, you feel that added pressure being put on the other team. And then, like you said the other night, Cody comes up down by two. He hits the homer off Yates, puts us within one. And it's just kind of like you get excited and then it just goes right back down. Like there, it doesn't like have that constant buzz or that like loudness that we're used to that carries kind of adrenaline and, and gets guys fired up even more. So it, it, it is a, a challenge for us and, um, you know, it, it's a little weird, but um, something I guess everyone's going to have to overcome. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to look within yourselves to cheer each other, you yeah. know, to cheer for each other and get each other up. It's just, it is it's very, it's very odd. It makes you realize, I mean, we've been such a good team, uh, like come from behind team and late inning teams over the years. And it really makes you understand and appreciate just how much the fans mean and just how much the fans are involved in creating that, uh, you know, late inning spark and those comebacks and feeding off that energy. Like you, you realize it now more than ever, how, how much of an impact they have on a game. No question. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, to, to listen to Joe and Oral in my ear, but then I can also hear them three sweeps down when they're in the press box, like when Joe's, you know, calling the game and, you know, CP with that ridiculous throw um, mm-hmm. a couple of nights ago to get Grisham at the plate and, you know, with, with Mitty, like, putting the tag down. And, you know, I could hear, you know, Joe doing it. And I'm screaming in the suite like a maniac. And the stadium is black and there's nobody there. And then walking out to your car and it's just, it's such a weird time and I'm thankful that we have baseball and I'm thankful that we're able to bring it to the fans. Cause I mean, Justin, you and Courtney and talked about it too before how important it is that just bring baseball back to the world for some normalcy and what is such an abnormal time, but to be at a stadium that's pitch black and the only lights on or, you know, the broadcast booth at the Vince Scully press box and, you know, sweet two eleven where I am is a little bit of an eerie feeling, but fans at home don't notice how strange it all is and hopefully they're still enjoying the fact that they get to watch you guys play yeah watching it at home I feel like I'm slowly like it's I'm not I'm not really noticing a lot of that I think as you said like later in the game obviously you would hear like the sounds you know the stadium and all that and I don't know I just think more and more I'm kind of just like I guess just like honing in on the game and not really realizing that, but I guess being there, it's, it's such a difference for you guys. Yeah. I'm so glad that you like you're watching. I mean, I know you watch every single pitch, every at bat. So hopefully, you know, <laughs> How do you know that it, no. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully it does, uh, you know, translate well that, you know, fans are still enjoying and it's still a, a decent product on the air. Um, you know, we didn't even know at the beginning of this, if we were going to even be able to do like a replay, <laughs> And honestly, I have to give a lot of credit to our amazing production crew because if it wasn't for, you know, our producer, Mike Levy, um, who never, you know, you guys know us on the air, but it's all of the people behind the scenes, like in it, with any good team, you know, it's, it's the support staff. And if it wasn't for our production crew getting, you know, everything on the air and he actually traveled with the team. We're not allowed to travel with the team and, you know, they needed him to go because 
he was able to maneuver things in Houston to be able to get us on the air. So um, what a time to be alive, though, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Mike, uh, you know, we were talking about the difficulties you're facing. And the other day I had a pregame interview with you um, in San Diego and we're sitting in the room and Juan and Mike are in there trying to get it all dialed in. And it's so weird because like, I can't see you. I'm just looking into a camera, but you can see me and do the interview and whatever. But for whatever reason, it wasn't working at the time or they thought it wasn't working. And I think Mike came in the room and kind of said something along the lines like, oh, come on, Alana, what is this, your first time? And you were like, guys, I'm here. I can hear you. So I'm going to throw Mike under the bus right now for talking crap because he thought you weren't on and, and you were on yeah. and heard everything he said. Yeah, thank you for that. I was on and I was having difficulty. Um, you know, I could I could obviously see you, as you said, and we have to do all of our interviews now via Zoom, obviously. And you're sitting in the press room waiting. And I hate that one thing I hate more than anything is making a player wait. I hate it. It drives me nuts. And I know that you guys are busy and Justin, you've always been so gracious with your time, but it drives me nuts. I mean, we work around your schedule. So I'm like, no, I see him. I can hear him. I'm here. I'm here. And I didn't want you to think that, it, you know, it was me doing it. And then Mike comes in there and the disconnect was on the San Diego side, not the LA side. And I'm like, come on, I'm here. Please don't let him think I'm not. And I'm like, wait a minute. I am here. I'm throwing you guys under the bus now. Yeah, and just to paint a picture for everyone listening out there, if if you want to know who Mike Levy is, if I don't know if you recall our dress up last year that everyone on the plane had to dress up, but he dressed up as Ken Rosenthal and looked exactly like and him. nailed it, nailed it to a T. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He's so if you go back and look at that exactly picture, yeah, he's the, he's the Ken Rosenthal. So perfect, so perfect. His little bow tie and his little mic so it says, you know, the Fox Mike flag and. Yeah, he uh, and he's actually Tommy Lasorda. True story. Um, some at one point, Ken Rosenthal had said something that Tommy Lasorda did not agree with. And you know, Tommy, he you know, in his uh, <laughs> his um, mature mature age, um, basically says what is on his mind, which is fine. Um, but Ken Rosenthal at some point said something that Tommy didn't agree with, and not realizing that Mike Levy was not Ken Rosenthal, uh, Tommy like just let Mike Levy have it about something that Mike didn't even do. So that was kind of what spurred this whole, let me dress up as Ken Rosenthal thing. And I loved the fact that everybody had to dress up last year. It was so much fun. And, you know, typically just the rookies, but last year the whole plane does it. And I saw Mike and I, I, just, I was like, my God, you win, you win. Like he, he was, he was perfect at it. Yeah. He was, we, there were some really good ones and uh, yourself as well. You dressed up as a Rockford peach from a league of their own and I think it's kind of cool, um, you know, one of the things that has come up over the, these crazy times right now is uh, I think they're addressing possibly doing a, a League of Their Own 2 um, starring the, the woman who throws the ball back on the field. And they're going to bring in some um, black women baseball players and, and do another oh, one. Awesome. I, I don't know if you've heard that or, or, or what, but... I think that's really cool. I can't wait to watch that because I, I watch a league of their own all the time. Court is always like, Oh, yeah, here we go again. Watch another baseball it's movie. It's such a good movie. <laughs> it's such a good movie. And you know, when she does throw that back, you know, to Gina Davis's character, yep. um, and she has, you know, a bit of a rocket of an arm there. And, um, that would be wonderful if they did that because, you know, so much of the story of baseball isn't what we've come to know it as. I mean, there's so much more. And if anybody ever has an opportunity, if they're in Kansas city to go to the, you know, the Negro league museum um, mm -hmm. for baseball, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And if you're in Pittsburgh, go to 
you know, the Roberto Clemente Museum because there's just so many amazing things as far as the history of, of what, you know, black players and Latin players have, have done to impact the game. And, you know, when the men were at war and the women being able to play, and that's such a great movie. Um, it's timeless, and I, I can watch that a million times. And, um, you know, I didn't know what I was going to dress up as, and my fiancé was like, why don't you dress up as this? I was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. So um, it worked out, it worked out well. I love that. Yeah, I saw it got, I think, picked up by Amazon. And that's good because I'm still mourning the loss of Pitch. That was like our show for a minute there before they shut that one down. I don't know yeah. if you ever watched that. No. Oh, first female Major League Baseball player. She was a pitcher. Uh, it, it's so good. I feel Pitch. like AJ, like, didn't, wasn't he like a consultant on it or something? Or yeah. they like were trying to like emulate him with. It was like Zach Morris was the... Yeah, Zach Morris was the main <laughs> character. Uh, what's his name in real Mark life? Paul Mark, Gosselier, Mark Paul yeah. Gosselier. Mark Paul Gosselier was the main character. He was the catcher. And then this young phenom um, girl pitcher was coming up and she was supposed to be a stud and she was. And it was an awesome show. And they only had like so many episodes and then they dropped it for whatever reason. But uh, me and Court were into it. It was really cool. I know. That's and this awesome. I did, now, that you, yeah, now that you're describing it, I do remember... Um, the pilot are hearing about the pilot for it, but I guess it didn't go over well, huh? Maybe you and court were the only ones that watched it. I think, <laughs> I think the only, the problem was, is they were the Padres. So no one was interested. Yeah. Anymore. Nobody cares. Well, <laughs> the they, Buffalo. They, they picked her, I mean, they picked the wrong team. Let's be honest. Yeah. No, and they ended the season with her, like she was going to need Tommy John surgery, yeah. right? And yeah. so they left us hanging. We never know if she made her comeback. And oh man, I wonder <laughs> if Elatrash was going to do it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we'll have to ask him if he was signed on to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we talked about what you know how different, obviously, baseball looks like right now, but. Um, curious what your foundation looks like right now. I know, you know, the rescue world in general um, looks a little different right now with everyone at home. I have a few friends that have been fostering. I know, I think you're still fostering a dog right now. Um, yeah. What effect um, has everything had on, on that? Yeah. Thank you for letting me talk about it. I know you guys are so um, philanthropic as well, and you do so much for the community. And I think it's so important with the platforms that we have to be able to, you know, whenever, the Dodgers kicked me to the curb to, to leave LA better than I found it. And I just think it's so important. Um, I, I rescued my dog Gidry back in 2009 uh, out of a, a shelter in Colorado where I'm from. And it really opened my eyes to the need for fostering and adopting. And through just that experience with him, um, I just really wanted to do something for the dogs in high kill shelters and on the streets. And unfortunately, Los Angeles in particular is one of the bigger cities that has a massive, massive um, overcrowded shelter problem. And there are a lot of, uh, unfortunately, pit bulls in shelters. And um, one in every 600 pit bulls actually finds a home. The others are, you know, on the streets or euthanized just based on overcrowding and um, so it was important to me to be able to kind of spread awareness and be able to promote fostering and adopting and I think that it's so important to just show people that you know what you don't have to necessarily buy from a breeder but you can you can find any breed that you want uh, through a rescue so what Gidry's Guardian Foundation is and Gidry was my dog that um, passed away um, last year and I actually have a, a, a Justin Turner story about that too but um, through the foundation I basically raise awareness and funding to help rescues get 
animals off of the streets and out of high kill shelters. So while we're not a, an actual rescue ourselves, we are a foundation that, that benefits rescues to help with the cost because so many of our um, dogs that we rescue because they've been in shelters are, are sick, not sick to the point where they can't be saved, but they just need medical attention outside of what the shelter can provide. So that's what Gibbery's Guardian does, try to raise awareness and funding to help these dogs find their forever home. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, you've actually had, uh, well, you've actually had a couple dogs come out to the stadium, uh, that I've gotten to take part with and, and Tyson. go out and Tyson. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and throw the ball around with and play. And it was his, uh, it was like one of his bucket lists to, to be it able was, to run yeah. around on Dodger stadium. And that was so fun. Uh, you know, throwing the ball, running around the outfield with them and then bringing them in the dugout to the water cooler, watching them chug all the water <laughs> <laughs> and then just have such a good time while he was out there. So, I mean, you do amazing stuff and, uh, we love, Thank you. we love you everything were, you we're were doing so generous to be able to do that with Tyson. That was through the best friends org and they had called and said, Hey, and Courtney actually reached out to me and said, Hey, um, you know, Tyson is terminally ill with cancer. And one of his, he, apparently Tyson spoke up and said that he wanted to come to Dr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote his list. So Court reached out to me <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, contacted the organization and Justin was so gracious to be able to you know come and play with him and he has you know for a dog that lives a life in a shelter to come and, and run um at Dodger Stadium there's nobody around and have that all of that space was was incredible and, and he made fast friends with you Justin he loved you yeah he was awesome I was covered in drool and slobber and <laughs> the best the best like dog breath after like running around and sweating it was it was fun it that was that was really cool something i'll never forget so uh, thank you for doing that and one really quick story about last year when gidry died uh the team dodgers were playing the nationals and we were in washington on the road and um i you know i'm not i'm the first one to admit that i I am not, I don't have much of a soul. Like, I don't cry. Like, it's just not what I do. Um, That's me. But we're sitting in the game in Washington, and I think we're in the fourth or fifth inning, and all of a sudden I received an email that Gidry, my dog at the time, had passed away. And I, like, in the middle of the game, which you're not allowed to do, I walked through our dugout because I was basically hyperventilating and Dave Roberts looks at me and he goes, what is wrong? And all I could like muster was my dog died and he goes, go to my office. So I'm sitting in Dave's office for an hour, like, you know, unconsolable. Then I come back out cause I needed to, you know, gain, gain my composure, finish the game, do post game. And I remember JT and Jock who are at the time, two guys that had dogs and you guys were so kind um, and Doc's so funny too, because he's like, comes over and he like tries to give you like this awkward hug, but doesn't know what to do because he's a guy and he's yeah. kind of like, you know, and I'm like his mother and he's like, you know, but it was just, I remember that moment, you, you guys being so kind, you know what it's like to have a dog. And that was just yeah. so, so difficult for me. Um, but through the foundation, you know, Gidry's legacy lives on. So dogs are, dogs are very special as you guys know, having, having one. Yeah, definitely. And, and I do remember that night and I couldn't imagine how hard it was to not, you know, be able to be there and, and, Ooh, 
Sorry, I almost knocked the microphone over. It's very passionate. Um, yeah, to not be able to be there and, and be away and, you know, being able to say goodbye is such a big deal. I know we lost our, our dog a couple of years ago and uh, it was it was so tough. So I felt for you and I know how that feel, feels and how, how hard it is and the difficulties. And uh, I mean, kudos to you for being able to pull yourself together and come back back out to the dugout and, and finish. I probably would have stayed in Doc's office the rest of the time. And busted out <laughs> oh, the red stitch you. and yeah. just yeah. stayed there. Yeah. That's yeah, what I thought you me, were going to say. I, when I got back to the hotel room, I, I probably did drink an entire bottle of wine by myself. Cause it was just, yeah, it was tough. Tough day. Yeah. Man. Well, I'm pushing for you know, hopefully we can do a Dodger dog calendar to help raise the money for your foundation. I've been mentioning it for years, so maybe we need to, I'm going to call out Lon right now on the oh, podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, Lon, please hook it up. That would be great. Wouldn't it be so great? Like we all have dogs. Everyone loves their dogs. Everyone posts their dogs all the time. Get like, let's out. just do a Dodger dog calendar. Get Suhu out 12 months, 12 players, put, put it up there and the proceeds can go to Gidrian's Guardian. If oh, I would love that. Thank they won't you. do yes. it. We'll do it. We'll go I, rogue and do it. We'll do it on our own if we have to. <laughs> Thank you. We might have to Thank fight for, for it. Phone. Yeah, we might have to fight for a month. I feel like there's definitely more than 12 dog owners on the team, I'm sure. I know. We, yeah, we do have a team of, of players and wives that, that have dogs, so I, I love it. I would love that. Even if, like, 50% goes to Justin Turner Foundation and 50% goes to Gidrius, I would do it in a heartbeat. I wonder what John Suhu's calendar making skills are like because I don't know. we know he can take a photo. I wonder if he's ever done a calendar. Maybe know. we ju- maybe we just go directly to John and be like, "Hey, let's pull this off. How can we yeah, ma- how can we mass produce these?" I haven't asked him. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've brought it up for years. I'm like, this has to happen. I know the Kings do one now. Yeah, a lot of teams do it. The Kings actually do yeah. like a, a competition like with the fan base. Where yeah, they Bark vote. Madness in March and yeah, they vote, and they on, vote like, on the players' dogs, like which is the cutest. Really? Dog. Yeah, it's awesome. It's kind of like a... It's like a bracket. I don't know, like, though, but if, if my dog didn't get a lot of votes, I'd be bummed. I know. I'd, be, I'd yeah. want to take it out on people. I would well, take you just it gotta personally. Promote it. you got to promote it yourself. You promote your dog on yeah. social media through this Bark Madness and... It's kind of fun. I don't know. You know, cat, you know, cat. So, um, little Dodger was on there and everyone, all of her friends, all of us were all retweeting it like, Oh, go vote for Dodger. It it was kind of fun. It's it's so funny too, to see, um, you know, the guys, the big guys like Ty with Dodger and then JT with Moonshine. And it's like, you know, (laughs) these big guys, big athletes that we look up to and are, you know, in such good shape and all this stuff. And then they have like this tiny dog that absolutely has them wrapped around their finger. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. We have a lot of guys with little dogs too. So (laughs) Barnes has Bella, the little teacup. And, uh, I guess Kike's dogs are no, they are size. not little. They're not. Little, <laughs> They're no. <laughs> Paxton's little though. Yeah. Alex Pax- Wood has Paxton. Hazel small. Hazel Corey Seager has Hazel, Hazel yeah. little. Yeah, a lot of little dogs running around. <laughs> we got a good roster for a calendar. I'm into. It. I think the Kings theirs goes to Wags and Walks the, yeah. in LA as well. Um, I love I'm that you. I'm fully on board. Thank you for that plug. That would be amazing if we could do that. Let's do it. I love that you had. Uh, you, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. You did a scorekeeping event for, I think it was 120 women this past off season. Um, I absolutely love that. I should have went because I feel like with my baseball knowledge, that's the one thing 
I am clueless on. And I feel like this season, especially with the extra innings rules and the runner on second, I have no idea how you're scoring these games, but <laughs> that might, <laughs> that might need to be an add on for your next event. If you ever do another one of those. And I am so in. How did yeah, that, it, uh, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And you know what? I really wish that we actually were going to do another one, but then COVID hit. So I couldn't. And I think it's something that's difficult to do virtually because people, you know, you want to be hands-on with them and show them things. And I, I opened it up to just women at for the first one because I wanted women to have a, an, a forum to where they weren't intimidated because oftentimes women, you know, want to learn more about sports but don't feel comfortable in a setting where, you know, they may feel that they're going to be judged or ridiculed or, or what have you. So it sold out. I originally opened it up for 40 people and it sold out in a matter of moments. And I was so grateful for that. And we ended up having 120 women in there learning how to keep score. And people were so gracious. The Dodgers donated the stadium club and you know, a lot of vendors donated. Um, so all of the proceeds could actually go to the foundation and, and help more dogs. And People really found value in it. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is not everybody does it the same way. There's no wrong way to do it. This is how I do it. But I also had other women in the industry come in and, and teach how they do it as well. And it was really well received. And, yeah, now with extra innings and everything, it's a hot mess. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's a fun it's a fun value. And, and you know, I have young, young girls, like, sending me messages like, okay, how would you do this or, you know, score this and, I, I watch the game at home now and I'm, I'm learning how to score with my granddaughter. It's just, it's a, it was a cool feeling. And, you know, I, I hope to be able to do it again when we're all allowed to congregate again. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I feel like that is such like a lost art. When you go to a major league baseball game now, it's everything's so digital and there's so much numbers and statistics and crazy stuff that you'd never even think of. I feel like just like keeping a box score is kind of like a lost art. And people don't do it anymore. You know, I remember, uh, you know, used to go to games and, you know, they had a little scorecard in the um, brochures or in the media guys and the programs, right? And and you'd walk down the aisle and you'd see, like, people sitting there keeping score, like, and it was, like, so cool. And I feel like if I were to walk into a state, obviously not this year because there's no fans, but if I would have walked around a stadium last year, I don't know if I would have seen anyone keeping score. Yeah. I know it is a lost art and I, and I feel that it's something that can be passed on from generation to generation. And it's something very relatable. If you have a grandfather or grandmother that's sitting at the game, that's keeping score and you know, you can, you can pass that on to your kids or your grandkids. And I had, you know, a young woman that um, I grew up with her mom in Colorado and and I taught her how to keep score at a, uh, it was a national game when the Dodgers were playing the Rockies and we were there, but I was off because Ron Fox or ESPN, one of the two, and we sat there and just, you know, kept score. And then subsequently, she would send me her scorecards and ask me questions. And, you know, it's, it's neat. It's a, it's a different way to look at a game and learn and, and remember. And really the reason I started doing it to begin with is because it helped me exponentially with post-game questions. Because when I first started, and I didn't know how to keep score, when I first started my baseball career, I mean, let's be honest, when I first started my baseball career, I didn't even know what a sinker ball pitcher was. So it was a, it was a big <laughs> learning curve for me. And I would just write everything out that was happening. And it was like basically writing a novel. And then it was very inefficient doing post games. So one of the best lessons I've ever learned as a reporter is how to keep score because it's just a treasure map, a quick glance of looking down and, oh, JC is three for four, blah, 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 you know, like just in all these different things. And 
was incredibly helpful in my job. And then it just became a tool for even loving the game more than I already did. Three for four. Is that tonight or? I hope so. Yeah, that's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you, Justin, didn't you say your aunt taught you how to keep score, which is yeah. kind of cool. I love that. Yeah. She used to keep score for all my uh, little league games and stuff. So um, when I would go, her son was 10 years older than me. So I would always be at their games and hanging around with them and, um, he's the one that actually got me, turned me on to the Dolphins, made me a Dolphins fan. But um, that's another story. <laughs> uh, we don't want to get into the Broncos. We don't want to get into the Broncos, Dolphins, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I would sit with her during games, and she would kind of like teach me how to keep score when I was, I don't know, five years old, six years old. So I've kind of known how to do it my whole life. But I can't tell you the last time that I actually kept score for a game I, it would be I, I should sit down and do it one night and see if I, see how it looks well you don't you don't have to because you're you play the game so it'd be kind of difficult for you to but if, when you have time to keep score then that's that's not good yeah <laughs> we want to we want, we want you to keep playing yeah we'll, we'll do it with another game we'll watch a, <laughs> a replay or something <laughs> I would love to learn but I think that just speaks so much of like your knowledge of the game and obviously you said when you came in, you know, you didn't know all that much about baseball, especially, you know, different pitches and different plays and all of that. So I think that just speaks volumes to, you know, you as a female in the game. And um, it show, definitely shows in your interviews that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I can definitely well, respect that. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been such a, it has been such a learning curve. Originally, when I got into baseball, it was... Um, a way for me to get back to Colorado. I was working in at CBS in Madison, Wisconsin, and one of the things in my contract, we had an out, and my only out was to go back to Denver, and that's where I was from. And the Colorado Rockies job presented itself, and you know, I was they hired me as a freelancer at the time, so kind of like you know, you're trying to in the minor leagues, trying to make it, and that was the job. And I said, absolutely, I'll do it. And I knew very little. And I, you know, I learned um, quickly. And I also learned it was okay to ask questions of my male counterparts that had played the game. Because I think as a woman in this industry, you're afraid to ask me a thing because you don't want to show anybody that you're vulnerable or that you don't know something. But I think you have to use the resources that are around you of the people that have played the game. I mean, I'm never going to know more than oral or, you know, no more. I would say Jerry, but I don't know. I might know more than Jerry. Yeah, I, um, I know more than Jerry. <laughs> no one will ever know more than Jerry thinks he knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's very, very true. But, um, you know, baseball ended up being one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Just, just covering the sport and the love and the appreciation I have for the game now, which I, I didn't realize I was even missing. I grew up in a football family and um, as far as, you know, a spectator of loving we were huge Broncos fans and you know, we didn't even have major league baseball in Colorado until 93. So, um, I'm a lot older than you guys. So, it, you know, it's been, it's been a blessing. This has been such a great and fun career and to cover the Dodgers. Uh, this is my, you know, JT and I started at the same time. We both were non-roster invites early in 2014. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you I'll never Emmys forget. Him, Scott, yeah, you, you have more. <laughs> I'll never forget when he found out he made the team, you know, um, and being in, when he was in the parking lot talking to, you and you know his family and I was walking to the car and you know look at now he's the face of the franchise so it's been it's been a fun 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 ride yeah it's it really has and it's it's been cool kind of you know coming over the Dodgers with you and spending the last seven years here and you know Sportsnet LA is such a they do such an awesome job 
uh, all around, covering the games, the backstage, uh, getting into all of our lives and, and kind of, you know, highlighting us and making us look good. And um, you're a big part of that. And obviously, I think your guys' setup here is amazing and your guys' crew is unbelievable with, like you mentioned, Oral and Jerry and Nomar and Ned and yourself. Um, but where... John, don't forget oh, John. And, and, and Johnny. Yeah, I love Johnny. But where... <laughs> I mean, what, what's the, what's the pinnacle for you? Like what we, you know, recent news, you know, Melanie Newman is the first female broadcaster to call play by play. Like there's so much change going on. Uh, you know, Jessica Mendoza is a hitting consultant or for right. the, the Yankees and, and Jenny uh, Kavner for the Rockies. And there's women popping up all over this game um, in new roles that they haven't had before. Like what is your, ultimate what's your dream what's the cream of the crop what where do you want to be you know I think it, it's changed over the course of my life I think when I was younger I didn't even get into broadcasting until I was much older I was 28 when I decided to go back to school and get a master's in journalism and, and kind of fulfill or, or pursue this passion um, you know this wasn't something that I grew up doing I didn't have a microphone in my hand when I was five and I wasn't you know practicing in the mirror and those types of things this was something that was new to me and you know, I was very unfulfilled in my previous life as far as like what I was doing. I was in sales and marketing in the hospitality industry and I was bored out of my mind and I kind of just had an epiphany one day and I said, hey, if I could do anything, what would it be? And it was sports. I've always been a, a huge sports fan and went back to school, knew absolutely nothing about journalism, knew absolutely nothing about anything and went back to school and ended up getting a master's in journalism only because I had a bachelor's in international business. So I didn't need another bachelor's. So I... I think when you would have asked me then, you know, everybody thought at the time ESPN was like the end all be all. Um, but that's as the course of my life has gone over um, and changed, that has changed. I think as you get older and, you know, if you guys decide that you want to have kids or not have kids or whatever, you know, I'm so happy in L.A. And I almost didn't take the L.A. job because I didn't think I wanted to live here. Mm -hmm. I had only known L.A. from the outside as a visitor or a visiting team and having to go to the ballpark you know, in traffic and that type of stuff. And I, I just didn't like it. And I'm so glad that I didn't listen to myself because I never would have known how amazing it is to live in Southern California and to cover a team as historic and as storied as a franchise as the Dodgers. And I thought, you know, I see myself on Monday Night Football or, you know, at the time ESPN. And I honestly, like, I'm really, I'm really, really, really happy here. I don't have any desire at all to do play-by-play. I think my strength is interviews and my strength is getting to know people um, and having those types of conversations. I just don't, I don't need to be the woman in the play by play booth and, you know, and I'm okay with that. And I think Jenny Kavnar does an amazing job. I mean, obviously Jessica Mendoza, we just had another young woman um, do play by play for the Orioles the other day, Melanie Lynn. And I think that's awesome. And I, and I support them and I, and I applaud the, the desire and the, and the work ethic and the drive. It's just not something that, that I care to do. Um, and it's not, the Dodgers have approached me about it and they've been very supportive, but that's just, you know, we have a great play by play guy and, mm -hmm. um, and I'm okay being in, in my interview role and, and I'm happy here. And I think this is the pinnacle for me is, is loving where I live, loving who I get to work with, loving what I do. I mean, I'm almost 45 years old. So this is, you know, when you start at 25, your life and your priorities are totally different than when you're 45. And I'm, I'm very, very happy doing what I do. And I mean, it's weird now that half the players, I could be their mother. But 
<laughs> yeah, I'm getting up there too. Justin can be their <laughs> daddy, so it's fine. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, and you do, you do have a great, great gig and, and you're really, really, really good at what you do. And all the guys respect yeah. you, uh, for all the work that you put in and, and, uh, how well you do your job. So, um, I personally, I mean, I wouldn't want to sit in a box the whole game either. I, you have the freedom to roam around and kind of move around and do different things. Uh, you know, Oral and Joe just have to sit up there in their little cube and, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, they're, they're trapped in a box. You get to, you have all the freedom. With Oral's Lunchables every day. That he's <laughs> that's right. I know. I'm like, what are you, seven? Yeah. Well, when Dana's not there to pack lunch, you No, know. she's packing that. Oh, that's she's packing the, Lunchables. Yes. Okay. That's her cooking. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love the just deciding to go for it, you know, a little after college. I've talked about that a lot because I still feel like I'm like, I don't know, I'm like career Barbie where like one day I'm like, I want to do this. Another day I want to do that. And I still feel like I'm figuring that out for for one day when I go for something. But I absolutely love well, that. I think and you're allowed to change your mind, too. You know, I mean, did you ever think that you'd be running a foundation or, or doing a podcast? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to evolve and change your mind and grow into your life and, and what your, your priorities are, you know? Yeah, I think we're, people... allowed, to, we're allowed to hit the reset button anytime. Yeah, some people might look at it as a failure if you change a career or, you know, decide something wasn't for you after you <clears throat> had already pursued it. So I, I absolutely love that you did that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was, you know, it was a huge risk. I wasn't even, I was already 28 when I decided to go back to school. I mean, that's like ancient, um, you know, and completely, I sold, I took a second mortgage on my house to go back to school and pay for it. And, you know, I moved to Wichita Falls, Texas, and I was making 15800 my first year in television, you know, and wow. it, it, you just, to, to do that, I'm, I'm thankful I did it because I've, I've never been happier in a career than I am right now. And had I not taken that risk and, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, what, what do you do to get in the business? I'm like, it's certainly never too late. You know, I was, like I said, I was 28 when I went back to school. Um, never too late to follow your, your passion and your dream. And I'm thankful I did it. And I'm thankful that so many people have given me a chance. It was a good thing you were in Texas for that too. If you were in California, there was no way you would have made it on fifteen thousand dollars with those taxes. <laughs> with yeah, those taxes. <laughs> oh man! Well, we're grateful for you. We're grateful for your time today and speaking to us about everything, and especially Gidry's Guardian. If anyone wants to check it out, it's gidrysguardian.org, and then obviously they can follow you on social media at Alana Rizzo. So thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with us today. And let's Oh my go. gosh, thanks so much for having me and I, I really appreciate you and for the last seven years of your friendship, guys. And Justin, thank you for the 479,000 interviews you've done for me. <laughs> Well, I'll, um, hopefully I'll see you at the field a little later on uh, Zoom. I might not see you, but you'll see me. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thanks, and, guys. And the three for four tonight. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, three for four. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Alana. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. So great chatting with Alana. I actually just texted her and said that I was so nervous and it felt like an American Idol contestant singing for Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is that. This is what she does. She's obviously comfortable in the mic. This is kind of out of our realm, so it is weird reversing the roles. But she's awesome. I did, I actually forgot for half a second that we kind of like came to the Dodgers together in fourteen. Yeah, uh, that that's crazy, right? We 
started our Dodger careers together and here we are still going. So I know holding it down. And this year, finally, everyone is able to enjoy all the Sportsnet content. So yeah, I forgot to even, we forgot to bring that up to her. I know like everyone gets to see her now. I wonder if that's like blowing up her social media. I hope so. Helping yeah. more dogs and all of, of course. that. More awareness. Yeah. That was fun. Obviously respect her a whole lot and what she does and just her knowledge of the game. And I think I'm sure she gets a lot of heat from some people on social media, obviously being a female in the sports world, but there's no better way to just prove everyone wrong by just knowing your shit and owning it. Yeah, she's good. She's she's great. She's a pro. I wanted to bring up the fact that I allow you to ask three questions after every game. Oh, yeah. When she was talking about, you know, sometimes being a female reporter, you're afraid to ask questions because you don't want people to think that you don't know. But, I mean, you have to ask questions. Yeah. I mean, curiosity, I think, is the key to, you know, growing as a person and in your profession. So it's always good to ask questions. Don't be afraid. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Ask away, get the answer you you're looking for, and then you can grow from it and you know next time. And when in doubt, Google it out. Google it. Yeah. And they might show you that jerking one out is a thing. So you <laughs> never know. I mean, <laughs> since then, um, even A-Rod on the, I think it was the very first ESPN, was it opening night? Maybe the ESPN broadcast? He said, no got a hold of one and like jerked it or something, jerked it out or jerked it over there. And well, yeah, that's very credible. You're, you you went to a credible source for <laughs> verifying your jerked one out. Hey, if someone says that in the broadcast, that's all I was trying to say was that I had heard that <laughs> on the broadcast. <laughs> so an A-Rod former player, I'm, I'm into it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, yeah, go to go to gidgerysguardian.org and, uh, you know, visit Alana's website and help her out. We all love dogs. Um, we love our dog and um, there's so many of them in need right now, especially during this time. So uh, you don't have to you don't have to adopt it, but you can foster a dog and, and bring it home and let it have a nice warm bed and some some good meals uh, for a few weeks or a month at a time and then hopefully find a nice home for it. So yeah, it definitely helps them out. Cause I think a lot of volunteers aren't allowed to go actually in the shelter right now. So it helps to get them out, get them their walks and let them maybe sleep in your bed with you like Mooner does. And oh yeah. Yeah. And she definitely, um, will post when there's a dog in need, um, a lot of times urgently in need of a surgery or, or some financial assistance. So definitely check it out. Also check her out on social media and be able to keep up with all of her happenings. And yes, thanks once again, Alana, for coming on here and chatting with us. Um, always a good time with her. And I think that's going to do it for this week. You got to get to the field, baby. It's time to go. <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Bum 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 b